On October 6, 1991, a small baby lady was born to Don Stanger and Dwayne Hovey in <laughs> Ottawa. That little peapot grew and grew until one day it blossomed to the woman we know as Sonia Stanger. Today she sits before me, digitally of course, 29 years young, and ready to argue with me at a moment's notice. <laughs> so, Sonia, I speak for myself, Sean, and I assume our listeners when I say happy birthday, and you're the cherished childhood book we keep close to our hearts and away from Angelica Houston. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, it's dear. Wed- it's Wednesday somewhere, and you're listening to Spoiler Alert. Today we are celebrating the life of one of our co-hosts, Sonia Stanger, by looking at some of her favorites, old and new. I'm, of course, joined via Zoom teleconference by Sean and Sonia. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. I, we've been doing this show for years, and I don't think I've ever introduced myself one time, But uh, so I'm just going to keep that going. Anyway, <laughs> it, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter. We don't know who he is. Some, some guy. Mi- it's the mystery host. Um, This week... uh. Sonia sent us two of our favorites to two of her favorites to review. Um, Sonia, would you like to talk about what choices you picked for your birthday episode? Yeah, you little lady baby, you. Yes, little lady <laughs> I baby. Laugh, I, I I laugh so hard at lady baby. <laughs> well, I really appreciate the highly personalized message, dear. Thank you so much. I've never heard yeah. anything like it. Oh, um, that's cool. <laughs> um, I I you know my co-hosts I think will be able to imagine. That choosing just two movies that are my two ones I wanted to talk about this week was a slight challenge for your indecisive mm-hmm. lady host. And and I think that Sonya would sleep better knowing that the world knows that these are not her favorite movies, no. but just two movies that she happens to like a lot right now that will nebulously fall up and down for the rest of her life. Thank you. Actually, Jer, yeah. I feel yeah. very seen by that comment. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that's fine. Yeah. Know. And and I want you know and I was I went back and forth and I said you know I wanted to pick some that were kind of fun, um, maybe mm-hmm. a little more lighthearted that we could enjoy and also that kind of reconnected me to a, a younger time in my life. You know these were both significant to me. So the two films that I chose were Bring It On from two thousand mm-hmm. the year two thousand and a little film from nineteen ninety eight called Ever After. Um, almost sequels of each other. They're oh, pretty much, yeah. Like, there's a thread that flows through. Yeah. And I would say both of these films were somewhat significant to my childhood and my personality formation in some way. And, um, yeah, they just felt right. Nice. I agree. Uh, which... I see shades of you and everything. That's true. <laughs> shades of vanilla all through this. Uh, I was, I, I, I think I was a little bit surprised by the Bring It On and and I know that you wrestled with it, but there's other 2000 movies that I would have put before that one. So I'm interested to hear the sort of motivation behind that particular, as opposed to because I feel like I've, I I thought you'd pick She's the Man for sure. Anyway, it I matter. was gonna pick She's the Man I know, actually, I know. but we've talked about it so much on the show. Yeah. I was like, and I don't can... know that we have a third of a show worth of material on this. That's, I think and that's it would fair. just turn into me quoting the movie. <laughs> it would be it would be our second the literary sort of based work of the week. <laughs> right, exactly. That's, that's true. But uh, okay, well then, which one do you want to crack open first here, Sonia? Well, let's talk about Bring It On first. Okay. Uh, can you give us uh, a brief uh, highlight of what Bring It On is? Yes. So, For those who haven't seen it, but I don't know somehow, who those people are. Um, high school senior Torrance Shipman, played by, uh, what's her face? Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> I forgot her name. Um, is avidly waiting to find out what, whether she will become the cheer captain because the previous year's captain has graduated. And she does become captain, but finds out through the introduction of a new member of the team named Missy... Mm-hmm. who should be her love interest but isn't, um, oh. that they have actually been stealing all of their cheers from um, a black team from Compton. Scandalous. It's, it is scandalous. And so she then has to, like, for some reason, regionals are like a month after school starts. And so they then have to basically craft a totally new routine. Um, or hire someone terrible to do it. Um, and then they go on to nationals. It's a whole, it's a whole cheer thing. It's a whole mm-hmm. cheer thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in a world where cheering is more important than the sports no one cares about. <laughs> Which is, I think, very <laughs> true in some places. I, probably, yeah. I Corsicana. Think. Exactly. Cheer. Remember that show, Jer? 
that you no, I watch? You guys, you guys have absolutely lost me. And that, remember so that confused. Netflix show called Cheer? No. We can't, no idea. We can't talk about it too much because things get dark with Cheer. Yeah, things <laughs> do get quite dark with Cheer. Um, but I'll give it a quick goog here. We've talked about it before. Um, it was a reality show that came out on Netflix a while ago. Oh, yeah. I, um, I think I probably blocked that from my mind. Then. I think... So I think this is the case where this is one of those movies that I watched it when I was like 10 years old and it just imprinted itself on my brain, you know? Um, We used to quote it to each other a lot. There's some very quotable moments. Very quotable moments. I'm curious what you two think of this film. I do love this film. Uh, On second watch, I feel like... You really, like, the racial and economic inequality, like, didn't really jump out to me that much when I was a kid. But now I'm like, this is so rude (laughs) of Big Red to do this. Um, But I do remember there was, like, there was a gay character in it who was not really the butt of the joke a lot of the time. And uh, there's a very, uh, just great comedic moments. Kirsten Dunst always makes the best choices and we don't know it at the time. And then in it proves she gets proven right in the future when everything yeah, becomes years a, later. Everything becomes a cult classic that she touches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I watched this in school for the first time. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I think it was like, a, um, like, a we got to pick a movie for movie day sort of thing. And, um, in elementary school, I was, me and my friends were just outnumbered by girls. Like, that's just the way it, it mm-hmm. worked out. And um, so I think the way, I can't remember what the other movie was, but they got to pick two, and then the guys got to pick which one of the two. Uh, and they, uh-huh. the, the, yeah, I can't remember what the, the opposite one was, but the other choice was Bring It On, and that was the one we selected. So I can't recall what the, uh, the other one is. Um, I was also quite struck this week at how, like, I felt much more racially charged than I ever had about this. And I was kind of upset that it didn't really factor in. Yeah, that it's not more resolved. Yeah, and like, had they made this movie, like, today, so much could have been the same. But like, the ignorance of 2000, which I don't know if is mine or theirs or what, but it's just like, like, this could really be something. Like, they could have, like, if Mm. they just amped it up a little bit more... Like, it, like, it, you know, even with the conclusion, like, the ending, like, all of this stuff about, like, what, how do you proceed in this environment? And they just sort of, like, make it about cheerleading. Yeah, like, they sort of neatly resolve it by the black team winning. Yeah. And then everything's nice and happy and, Yeah. But, I mean, even, like, the conflict of, like, they don't have enough money to go. Yeah. Is it regionals? I think, I keep thinking it's I think they can't go to nationals. Okay. But, but, like... The way that is attempted to be handled and then handled says so much about, like, what Americans do mm-hmm. in that interaction. And the fact that at the time I was just like, that's super nice of, of uh, Kristen Dunst's family to try and... Yeah, just yeah, to like, try and, save your behavior there. Yeah, you know, just, 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 just throw it. And then for them to have to go to a talk show host to actually, like hold their own grant like it's just wild like yeah. it's, it's just and then you're and, like oh right and that's still something people do to literally like pay their medical bills oh yeah 100 so. well and now it's like the thing to do mm. like it's yeah, not or you it's the number one way to do it right like yeah. oh this has happened here is how i'm gonna approach anyway um so i i, I was kind of going into it like not bummed out but like you know i'd seen the movie before i didn't really think it would have anything but there's a layer there there's definitely a layer and uh it's only half formed i I think maybe someone was like like trying to Mm -hmm. add it in but um you know it's it's still like it could be a really interesting like look into and well well maybe uh, well just briefly have you guys seen the uh the sequels no. I there's, think there's I've 87. Seen, I think I've seen the second one, but I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Okay. Well, there's that's, like that's zero zero returning characters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I I think every time it's a completely new cast, mm-hmm, which agree. is a cool thing, but I think like like the first one's A-listers, B, C, and down to whoever's around down to some homeless just to, Yeah. 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 But yeah, I do agree. I think like in the context of its time and sort of 
the type of movie that it is, I do think it's quite progressive in a lot of ways. Like Sean mm-hmm. said, you know, like, you know, they do use the F slur a couple times, but it's actually mostly in. <laughs> Which very uh, much surprised me. Yeah, um, it did. Because there's I a part where. There's a part where Eliza Dushku finds out that one of the characters is gay. And she's like, wait, so you speak like F word? Yeah. And and then <laughs> and then she said like, she also said dichedelic about two other yes. people. And I was like, Eliza, you're my in as like the cool alt girl that I'm supposed to like like. And you're very surprising. I know. But um, it's done in this way where they all just totally accept that she says that. That they roll with it so easily. <laughs> Um, yeah, Eliza was a really big awakening for me, too, because I really uh, was attracted to the subversive. Her and her brother both, I thought, were so cool, rolling into yep. town, mm-hmm. being cool, even though on second watch, her brother is a major loser. And so I, awful. He's such a dweeb. And he was he's such like, a major crush of mine. And now I'm like, ugh, get over oh, yourself. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, Jeremy, you look at what we're given as... As That's young fair. women, and it's like That's fair. the douchey boyfriend yeah. or the like douchey or the one, edgy one, like <laughs> who likes doing to guitar solos in his room, like uh, on his knees. Oh yeah, yoy, yoy. yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, can we uh, just talk briefly about performances in mm. this? Because I think that they are like they're sort of the like acting portions where people, you know, of various levels are. Good and bad. I would say the acting... Well, we'll talk about the next film when we talk about the next film. But um, do you guys feel like there's like a pretty jarring switch between the performance, like cheerleading parts versus the like acting parts? I was really struck. Like, I was like, are some of these like... Is that a Kirsten Dunst lookalike? Like, what is happening here? Or is she like, is cheer that much sort of like fake happiness just like thrown at you? You know, they just make them do it again and again until... I think it's, I think it's both. They went... Okay. They did, like, a cheerleading camp. Mm-hmm. The, these... Act, mm-hmm. Gabrielle Union had to get up and... Uh, into doing a workshop. <laughs> yeah. But... It's, um, sorry, you go ahead, Sean. Um, well, yeah. Basically, the, I thought the performances are good. It is funny with shows like this where... When it comes time for the actual performance and you're like, Oh, where are all these people that are doing every move that we haven't met because they're all just like actual stunt people <laughs> that are yeah. car- that would be carrying a team and you're like oh you haven't been in the movie um I- but yeah another per- a performance that always sticks out to me is the girl that plays Janelope who is on the clovers and she's the one that's like better i choke you la fred she's yeah. like she's so funny and she- yeah, I love that character. Everything she does yeah. is just like pops. She pops right uh, out. Pops right and, out. And then also, I like again, I watched it in school, so that always has to take out. But uh, like a part of me was just like, this is very inappropriate for, yeah. you know, and uh, like as a thirty-year-old, I can now really see them as children. Like I can like, mm. oh, that's a child. That's not a. That's not you know. Uh, that sort of thing has broken. Oh, you mean you that. when the one character sticks his thumb up another girl's butt? <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What that's this? not. That's a, a, something to watch in high school. <laughs> it is. I would say yes. There are moments when they are very overly sexualized, including the mm. car wash scene. Oh yes. yeah, I'm like, can you believe these 16 year olds? Like, <laughs> but do- none of them were right. Like, I'm sure they were all 27 when they filmed this. Yeah. Probably. It really stuck out when they were doing the tryouts. All of the, like, there was a few people that were like, did a jokingly like bad tryout. And those people were like 40 to 50. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Like some of them were very old. Yeah. Yeah. The the movie magic just does not cross over. Like, I think that transition from VHS to DVD was really, I like really a lot of people had to step it up. Yeah. You know, used to show up to work drunk drunk to do makeup for bring it on and then after hd you had to show up <laughs> you had to you learn had to, how to blend it'll show dare, every everything dare there, i say you had to bring it on <laughs> there are a lot of montages in this movie um which i like i'll say it's cheap it's a cheap device but i like it and along with montages a very famous or like 
I remember is a very iconic soundtrack to accompany yes. every montage. Yes. Did I get on, uh, what is, um, like Bear Share or LimeWire? LimeWire, yeah. And get UGLY? Yes, I did. I was pretty <laughs> that. UGLY, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Yep. yep. So great. Um, also, that beginning scene, I think the words to that are in my brain forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's a blessing and a curse, Sonia. It really it's is. A blessing and a curse. Okay, you guys, let's let's talk. Let's let's move on and talk a little bit yeah. about movie number two. Sonia, would you uh, tell us about your second selection? Yes. So my second selection, oh, just a gem of a picture. Um, Ever After, starring the iconic Drew Barrymore, um, with you know some beautiful moments from Angelica Houston and others. Um, it's a Cinderella story. But it's very much, it's actually set in France during the Renaissance, and I think they really worked to make parts of it quite historically accurate, including, like, the costuming. Um, yeah, it's basically, it's basically sort of a re- the revisited fairy tale of Cinderella, where she is, like, spunky and smart, and, ugh, they really upgrade the romance a bit. It's great. Lots of good jokes. Lots of, lots of good banter. Oh, banter. It's very good. Uh, Sean, have you seen this before? Uh, I have seen it a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. What, 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 are, your, what are your initial thoughts? Um, I was, I guess what really struck me is how very unappealing the prince is from beginning to end. <laughs> like he does, he actually gets worse. He turns yeah, into a worse person by the end. Um, yeah, he's, he's just like, he really epically sucks. And that mm. scene where he just like embarrasses her at that ball. Oh, I know. After Angelica Houston rips off a wing. And then yeah, he just, guys, yeah, goes he hurt. He goes in he so hurt. hard. And I was like, you suck so much. Why, why is Drew, why is Danielle going back to you? And she does. Well, he is a prince, right? So it's, yeah, know, they have a, thing. they have a like a mental connection. Um, my mom loves this movie. Uh, Your mom and we, I have that in common. Yeah, it's true. Um, we uh, we we've we've owned it for a long time. She's watched it very often. Um, uh, I remembered a lot about this movie. Uh, it's it's pretty good. Like yeah. it it's it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And like to go from like the scene where um, her stepsister burns the book in the fireplace Ugh. to like the wedding. Where that woman doesn't want to get married, yeah, because like it's it's hilarious, but like I just felt so devastated, like like and Angelica Houston like is a a home run actress, right? Yeah. Like there's no like like she can just do it, and you'll feel ter- like you know there's it's crazy. Oh, but, she's um, all headpieces and cocked eyebrows. This one, like, and it just like she just it just works. But um, I remember thinking like like like. 10 minutes ago, I was just depressed and sad. And then this thing happens and it's so funny. Like it's like the, and there's, I think the best scene from the movie is the exchange where like, um, I don't even know those guys were, they're ruffians in the forest. Yeah. Well, they're gypsies, but. Okay. Well, but like, let's let's call them ruffians. Like, like, yeah, it's, but I mean like the whole, like, like were they threatened with their lives there for a bit. And then she made such a good joke that, like they appreciated it so much and they became friends. Is that what just happened in this like yeah. short? She made minutes? a very brave joke that they that they took well. Yeah. I really like it because I feel like it it takes that sort of fairy tale pace and sensibility where yes, those things kind of don't necessarily make sense. They just kind of mm-hmm. happen. Things just happen. But then also they've made the characters a lot more human and complex mm-hmm. than they would be in a fairy tale. So I really like that kind of juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. And also one of my favorite things about this movie, and I wanted to say this so that I don't forget, I love that it's lit like a painting. Like it there are so mm-hmm. many times when you're like, oh I'm looking at a painting right now. It's so lovely to look at. Um, it is very nice. But yeah, I do. I like the kind of dreamlike quality of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think as sort of like this take on like a like a. I think realism is sort of the hmm. because there are things even in my life that have happened 
which I, if I were to tell you about, you'd be like, that's so crazy. I can't, mm-hmm. I, like, I can't believe that that happened. But that's kind of like what makes it more impactful and real. Yeah. And uh, like the whole thing with Da Vinci is insane. I <laughs> like love it, it. It it makes no Why sense. Why is Da Vinci, da Vinci there? <laughs> but I mean, I like it. It's, it's it works. I love. <laughs> like, well, I love you know, it like, because Da Vinci's basically her fairy godmother. Yeah. And they're oh, like, ha! It's well, just science and a, art instead of magic. That's a loaded, loaded homophobic term. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But literally, that. why is he there? He makes a kite. He makes her wings. It doesn't mm-hmm. really have anything to. It's just for pe- the audience to be like, "Oh, Da Vinci." Well, I think <laughs> it's. I think it's also because he introduced. He like represents the like progressive ideas and whimsy and sort of like mm-hmm. imaginativeness, imaginativity mm-hmm. <laughs> of um, both Danielle and the prince. So like he, like I feel like he's kind of a necessary counter to like the um kind of stuck in the past father who's like right. all about adhering to the systems but yeah. okay yeah can we talk about angelica houston for a minute yeah yes because her um, accent and her line deliveries just a thousand out of ten just like even at at the very well as i was telling you guys i became so I don't know where this anger came from when I was watching her and the one mean stepdaughter like throw the book in the fire. I just had this visceral like revenge anger yeah. that I was scared. I didn't know where it came from. I was just like fully like punch her. And then I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? And they were so good at being so mean. Yeah. Like those feelings are so real. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, like, I remember, like, thinking it was awful when I was a kid, right? Like, oh, what a horrible thing to do. But, like, watching it now and maybe knowing that it's coming, you know, like, oh, yeah. I don't want to watch this scene because it's going to be devastating. Um, and everyone, well, I'll I'll contradict myself in a minute here, but everyone is doing a, a good job acting and, like, you believe it. And the other sister, she, uh, the one who dresses as a horse. Jacqueline. Uh, yeah, but she's in Two and a Half Men, mm-hmm. I think, later. So I cannot take her seriously at all. Well, like, she I just gets see off, her as that. She gets off quite easy for being a yeah. very passive bystander to I Danielle's would agree. abuse. That's true. Um, I would agree. She, everyone else, the other two get really get a comeuppance, and she's just kind of no problem. <laughs> um, um, I love when Angelica Houston is getting her comeuppance, and she's stumbling backwards at that ball. Like looking for people to speak for her, and she's like, ah. "I was like, yeah." I think, I think quite a few people are away on vacation. I think is what she says. <laughs> oh, but she yeah. she has some really good one liners. Like I love when um when they're getting ready for the ball, and Jacqueline's like, "I want it to be the horse," and she's like, "Honestly, Jacqueline, the horse is one of nature's noblest creatures." <laughs> <laughs> it's just putting a good spin on it, you know. She's that's great. Um. So, uh, I, I, I want to talk about two things here, and one is a thing, a bias I have, mm. which is pretending that anywhere in Europe back in time is England. Yes, I Which agree. annoys the crap out of me. I'm with but, you. But, um, I, there was a pretty bad job done with the accents and sort of losing them and not having them in the right place. And, you know, Drew Barrymore is delightful, but, like, yeah. half the time she's just talking yeah she did not, not she's just full south california yeah but then sometimes you, a really affected british accent <laughs> yes like you start and end every paragraph real hard british and just do whatever in the middle and it'll be fine but uh, they all kind of do it yeah like this you know it's it's a uh, it brought me out more than i was hoping it would yeah um i thought honestly that the mean stepsister did great yeah she I, was yeah. good she and she's she was more evil because she almost won. Like, yeah, it wasn't like because the story is that both of them are like these ugly stepsisters that the prince is always like, Ugh. but she's <laughs> like, uh, she's very beautiful and she's very cunning and mean. And she almost gets the prince, which mm-hmm. is probably how it would normally go. Yeah. I like yeah. that. No. Wait, Jer, what was your second thing? Uh, well, no, I, I packed them. I used the whole English-France thing oh, as, a, okay. as a movement, which, like, it to me, it's just so ridiculous 
for them to say something with a British accent and then say one part of it with a French accent. Well, and yeah, and then they're all named like, like Gustave and Maurice. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. You know, and, and they're trying their best to pronounce it correct, Nicole. which I understand. Nicole but, like, de Lancre. Yeah. <laughs> Comtesse Nicole de Lancre. Like, they all hit it so hard. You're already doing a better job, Sonia. You're Ooh, already well, doing Well, I mean, so I actually funny. speak French, so that probably helps. That's probably, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was just like, um, I don't know. It it definitely brought me back because my mom is such a huge fan. And it also just like, like the I wasn't expecting the performances, mm-hmm. which I mean, I, it's Angelica Houston, so I should just, I should know. I mean, it's my fault. You know what you're but, in for uh, with Angelica? Oof, so mean. So devastating, so mean. Anyway, with that, you guys, uh, let's take a break, because I definitely need one. Um, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back. You're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Today, we're talking uh, movies for Sonya's birthday, because, uh, you know, she's she's a big girl now. Yay! Uh, um, but uh, before we continue, you guys... Uh, have any idea what time it is? Does anyone know what time it is? <laughs> it's game time, people! Wow! Oh. Wow! I get the ear horn for once. I love it. That's true. Uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend, I think it was like two minutes this week, trying to find a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. We all have a great time. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready to play a birthday edition of the game? Yeah. I think so. Okay. This week's title is, yeah, it's a big one. Uh, I'm going to have you for a minute and then I'm going to throw you off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bring it on. Okay. Worldwide cheer smack. Now, okay. Before before we continue, I need you guys to know that the phrase cheer smack has a hashtag in front of it. What? Okay. Oh. Worldwide yes. hashtag cheer smack is the yes. full title of this. Yes, branded branded as, but uh, the omission of the the hashtag is due to technical restrictions, according to Wikipedia. That makes sense. So just so you guys know, that is what the full title what is. What kind of um, insane person made this film? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll find out. Really, yeah, we're going to find out. Here. Yeah. Okay. Um, who would care to go first? Sure. I can go first. Okay. So I believe that this is sort of this is in the future. It's in the same universe as the first Bring It On, but at this point, um, Torrance has become an older like it's in the apocalypse. She's kind of an older grizzled scientist. She's invented a uh, a drug, like an upper, to help people when they have when they take it. They just their bodies turn into cheerleading. They cheerleader for like a week straight. They call it cheer smack, and uh, <laughs> and you're just like constantly being thrown into the air or like uh, doing high kicks. And um, so it's basically the entire groups of people are doing this, and it it's uh, they're waging war against people that have not done cheer smack. And it culminates in the worldwide cheer smack, and it's very scary. It's a, uh, it's that, a way different tone than the first Bring It On, let me tell you. That sounds amazing. Is there a cartel involved? Oh, 100%. And oh, Gabrielle Union returns. She is sort of leader of the people that have not done cheer smack. She is in full Mad Max outfit, like with tattered, tattered um, pom-poms, and she <laughs> has like big guns and she is trying to save the world as well yes oh my god yes that sounds great that sounds so good that sounds so good sonia okay well we were thinking along the same lines here sean i just i can't imagine why because it's a pretty (laughs) mysterious title but um i think that this is about okay so the year is 2051 Mm -hmm. and it just so happens that the world cheer summit <laughs> coincides mm-hmm. with the breakout of world war three and so mm. there is a, a giant battle royale of all the international teams and it becomes almost like this microcosm of the global conflict but with cheerleaders and so it's kind of campy and silly and also quite dark and scary 
Yes. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, as, as is something I love to do on this show, I will read the full synopsis online with, uh, one above the line edition, which is it was released direct to video on August 29th, 2017. Wow. So you know that it did well. You know that it did well. Okay. The full synopsis on Wikipedia. In an attempt to take down rival cheer squad, the truth, Cheer Captain Destiny decides that she will bring Blake and his male street dancers onto her squad, the Rebels. Despite best intentions, the two groups do not mesh well together initially. What is a street dancer? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a kind of sanitized term for like a break dancer. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. Uh, But the two groups do not mesh well together initially is the best synopsis (laughs) thing I have ever... You mean the plot continues? Oh. Oh, my God. No, there's nothing else. There's conflict. Yeah. But it's resolved. (laughs) And then it's resolved. Yeah. Got it, got it. Through mutual competition. Uh, Wow. You guys, the game is, of course, brought to you by the biggest theater in town, standing tall at over 70 cheerleaders formed into a triangular pyramid. Wow. As opposed to a square pyramid. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I could be like, could be three dimensional, right? There's there's tons of Square formations are notoriously easy. Yeah. Oh, man. There it is. Uh, uh, The Kramer IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Science Center is in is in my heart forever as the theater I went to after COVID and uh, man I will probably keep going the, so get some new movies there and I will go watch Spirit Bear probably again. You imprinted um, on the IMAX. I did, and it's uh it's the best, the best. Um, okay, you guys, we uh, as I said, we're talking about Sonya's birthday movies. Um, as per our new format for birthday shows, uh, Sean and I put our heads together to pick a movie that Sonya would love as a birthday gift movie. Um, my brain acted as sort of a, a, a countermeasure to Sean's <laughs> where I just thought of nothing and Sean came up with a really great idea. <laughs> um, sh- uh, Sean, uh, would you care to talk about, uh, our, our, ch- our choice? Oh, sure. Sonya's our birthday? choice, of course. Yeah. yeah. So for our... A baby girl, Sonia. I thought we would need something fun, feminist, uh, and I thought of. Now, your mom, Jeremy, enjoyed Ever After, but she would not enjoy this one. Um, it is <laughs> True Beverly Hills. True, it's true. <laughs> and yeah, and I I saw True Beverly Hills uh, when I was younger. I love it. I love. Um, oh my god! Why can't I think of? Shelly Long. Long. I love Shelly Long. And um, and so, yeah, I was like, let's bring this out, dust this baby off, and see if it holds up. And Sonia, what and did you think? It did. Oh, sorry, it did Sean. hold up. It, um, yeah, it, I was, I kept being surprised by it. I kept sort of like thinking I had got a handle on what it was and what would happen. And then it would surprise me. Um uh-huh. The pacing and the plot were like a little meandering and confusing at times where I was like, <laughs> Truly. wait, hasn't everything been resolved and there's still half an hour left? Um, but it didn't matter because the outfits were so good. Shelley Long is so, so good. So it's many amazing outfit. child cameos. Um, yeah, it was a delight. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I've never seen this before, and I had not heard of it before, probably because of my mother sheltering me from <laughs> Shelley Long. Shelley uh, tree you. You you guys, you know, I think in the eighties there was just a time where people were like, I've got this idea, and let's just see what happens. Yeah. And I, I would I would fully believe Oh, they do a big they're... line of cheer smack and they can just <laughs> get any <laughs> and these ideas keep flowing. <laughs> well back back then, Sean, it was called cocaine. <laughs> but um <laughs> Uh, but I think, like, there might be an equal amount of footage that they didn't use with just other things that they may have tried, mm-hmm. just because it's so crazy. But, um... I, like, I believe I believe that the cutting room floor is full of another <laughs> hundred two-minute scenes that don't really make any sense. Because <laughs> yeah. they just, yeah. like, that's... I was so confused, because the cuts are so harsh. Mm-hmm. Like, a scene will just end right in the middle of it. and yeah. And there will be just two minutes of, like, Oh, who's this now? And or like, why is this even here? <laughs> like the whole very B plot C D mm-hmm. of um 
the ex-husband's new girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, is she supposed to be sort of a, um, you know, like a foil or something? But she just like literally, I didn't even recognize her from scene car. to scene. <laughs> nope. Yeah. And then she like gets thrown into the ocean at one point. And because it's not like from, uh, you know, the parent trap where there's like a new wife that they're trying to you know, get rid of. She just like, we don't even really know who she is. And she just, things keep happening to her. She's just an awful lady as an aside to the main awful lady. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, there's already um, an awful lady. We don't need another one. Velma Um, Flender. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's uh, full of funny names. We probably should say that this movie's about uh, Shelley Long, a a recent, well, in-process divorcee, I would say, Mm -hmm. who um, is... Who becomes the captain? What it was the? She's a she's a Beverly Hills socialite, and she decides she's going to lead her daughter's like basically Girl Scout troop. Wilderness. Yeah. What are uh, they called? Wilderness I, girls. Wilderness but also, girls? nothing yeah. really happens for her to. Nothing forces her hand to do that. She literally is like, no. I do want to do this actually. <laughs> yeah. Whereas normally <laughs> it would be like you have you are forced to do this for a month for like community mm-hmm. service or, or something. Or you won't get custody of your kid or something. Yeah. 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 And the start of the movie is like you don't see her do it, but it's her like she filled out a form. <laughs> yeah, you hear about assessing... her application before we even meet her really. Like like it's it's just crazy. <sighs> um but uh it's this really like it was just a really fun sort of like thing about like how these people from Beverly Hills, which has got to be the most sheltered life on the planet, would actually like adapt and you know like the amount of growth that her character goes through <laughs> is surprising and like like at the end like in the middle of it you're like oh now she suddenly cares about like yeah. she's leveled up and cares about this. But at the end you're like that kind of worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're just like yeah that's good that's fine. She but she um, doesn't really change. No. <laughs> And the children don't change, the children... and the fact—the fact that they even come in second in the the wilderness jamboree—is an incredible miracle. Mm-hmm. They come in first, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, the clear. first team gets disqualified. You might find spoiler alert. Yeah, but yeah, we don't see a single other team. Like their their only competition was the culturally appropriative red feathers. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, listeners should note there are a few awkward headdress moments. Yes, mm-hmm. and that I was surprised by, and I don't remember that. <laughs> um, the 80s, she she yeah. wore a headdress to <laughs> for a speech that she was making to the girls. She's like, and that's how um, the indigenous people like inspired turquoise jewelry, and they're yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> And you're like, well, I do like that she's giving credit to like where that the, trend originated. Or like the from. turquoise jewelry movement or something. <laughs> but it it's was... like Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. But um no, I just thought it was really fun. Yeah. And it did remind me of Happy Texas in the way that like stakes are high in places, but ultimately like this is just so we can see a scene where she teaches a bunch of children about diamond value. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's the Yeah. Like, like that's the plate that the the dish is being served on, mm-hmm. if you will. But um, yeah, no, it was just like really funny and pretty charming. We got to see a lot of well, there's a few very young actresses who I didn't realize yeah. acted as children. Yeah, um, so surprising. We get to see Jenny Lewis doing the cookie dance. She mm-hmm. plays she plays Shelley Long's daughter. Um, we Jenny see Lewis a young of Rilo Kylie fame. Of Rilo Kylie. We see Tori Spelling as a as the uh, as a enemy red feather. We see Carla Gugino as like Chica, the uh, <laughs> the um, the neglected child of these two people. That not nothing really comes of that. They just <laughs> yeah, are like, no. yeah, it's. It was it's, very surprising. It was so weird because I, like, didn't notice her. I was watching the movie and then you guys pointed that out. And then it just seriously looks like Carla G- Good. Why can't I say her name? It's a, hard, it's a tough last name. Let's, let's just call her Chica from now Chica, on. Chica. Yeah. But it's just her face, like, exactly the same as it is as, mm-hmm. as an adult, just, like, in pinned a, onto a child. In, like, a Snapchat yeah. filter. It's so It's very freaky. surprising. She, she has not changed... Or like like excluding height, like she like she just looks like herself. Yeah. 
And and the second she got out of that car, I think she's wearing like a riding outfit. Yes. I was like, oh my god! Like like I didn't realize she acted so young. Like I I like I instantly knew because yeah, she has not altered in any way, shape, or form. But anyway, you guys, um, any other thoughts on Troop Beverly Hills? Thanks, Sean. For yeah, yeah. Good is a great I think. I really Honestly, what would stick out the most are like, yeah, the outfits are literally incredible. Every single, yeah, every single thing that she wears, she gets her uh, wilderness girl outfits altered uh, to get all this green piping and <gasps> these sort of khaki capelets. And yeah, better fitted. <laughs> mm-hmm. it it's me... just so incredible. It made me want a khaki capelet. I was just about to say it made me want a cape so bad because she also at one point has the silver number. That's mm-hmm. a cape. Oh, I tell you, I, I I did like I really dig the sort of mystery of it because most capes like she would fling it back yeah. into cape mode, right? But she would like cover her you know her whole self, and when she does the intro the intro into meeting all the other troop leaders, and she like walks in just with this like like Batman esque dome over her, and the whole time you're like, what did the tailor do? Mm-hmm. What did he like? What did he do to make this? And then it's worth it. Yeah, she gives the you a reveal moment. It. Yeah, not to mention the smoking. Which oh is yeah, just the long the cigarette thing, like just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, meeting a bunch of children. So you got she. They kind of cut it out after a third of the way. Yeah, I think. but it just it seems so out of place now. Yeah, truly. You know, and it's just it's just so funny because there's really the um there's not a lot of antagonism really like. Between her and the girls, there is like, yeah, Vel, Velda Blender, whatever her name is. <laughs> She's the only one that seems to be angry at anything. Like, Shelley Long mm-hmm. is completely unperturbed the entire film. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like not even really a conflict. It's like she doesn't even really know who this woman is that's like <laughs> losing her mind against her. And literally like plants a mole in her house and then the mole ends up being really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also feel that we should mention Craig T. Nelson, who oh, I yeah. was not expecting. But uh, every time I saw him, he was dressed so ridiculously. And at the end, they had that white wide shot with all the girls wearing the same outfit and him wearing a full white getup. Yeah. Yes. Like, it just like it did not make any sense. It was the 80s, though. And, then, and he was, and like, then barely he in sings, it. He sings a chant of the song. Yeah, he at does. The end. <laughs> How did you even know that? that? Yeah, it was so crazy. All right, you guys. Um, well, I think it's time for us to wrap up our... Well, let's wrap up Sonny's birthday. It's over. Candle's blown out, bro. <laughs> it's not uh, even the, for a whole week. <laughs> the ice cream cake is melted. That's true. Um, and we'll move on to a, a little final segment called uh, What You Watching? So, guys, what you, what you watching? Well, I discovered this past week that the entire original Sailor Moon series is on Crave. Oh. I have been watching it. And so far, it's extremely dumb. It's very oh. <laughs> much a children's show. Um, where, it, like, it follows an exact template every single episode. Um, but now more of the Sailor Scouts are starting to get introduced, so I think things are perhaps evolving. Um, it probably won't surprise you guys to know that I did quite relate to Sailor Moon as a child. You know, emotional, hungry, late, <laughs> just like kind of, kind of a little agent of chaos. But it's fun. I, I like the idea that that late is just a, a trait. It is, or that hungry, is. hungry is a trait also. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much my personality. Um, also, tuxedo mask though. Oof, he is Oopsie, woo. cute. <laughs> so, so that's what I've been watching. He's been wearing his mask long before we exactly. To. He knew. You don't have to get so, ready if you stay ready. Tuxedo <laughs> mask. <laughs> also, I just love that his name is Tuxedo Mask. But yeah, they're like, what are some things about you? Uh, <laughs> what are what are two things about him? Okay, there it is. We're done. Uh, Sonia, are you watching it in English? Yes. But okay, it's the version, I... it's not the exact version that aired on YTV when we were young, because mm-hmm. that one was, I think, a, a newer dub where they used English names and stuff. And this one has all their original Japanese names. Like her name is oh. Usagi. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Sean, what have you been watching? 
Um, so this weekend I went to my parents' house and on television there was a uh a lot of Fast and the Furious films that had played. And the one that I watched beginning to end was Fate of the Furious, which uh you know, they all this to to um tell the difference between any of them, this one is the one that has Charlize Theron in it. Mm. She's wearing a bunch of a very Waist length there's, white. There's there's a bunch of those now. Dreads. Is she in more of them? I think she's in two. Oh oh dang! This is I so. Could be wrong. It's so hard to keep track. This is it's it's where Vin Diesel goes bad, right? It's where Vin Diesel is uh, blackmailed by Charlize to go bad because it okay. honestly is like how many twists of this concept can they do? So yeah, mm-hmm. this one he goes bad. Um, Vin the word family. Like butchered by Vin <laughs> Diesel, I heard it four thousand times. It was like we're family, and they wrecked. The conceit of this one has Charlize like hacking a bunch of cars, so they chase they chase a man. I I'm not kidding. They destroyed four thousand cars. They're the most expensive films I've ever seen in my life. I'm oh, sorry. Man. I'm still laughing about family. Gonna... That's <laughs> yeah, so good. And I'm going to Google how much it costs right now. I was Wait. like, I was completely shocked. Like, this scene is very small. It's not even really necessary. And you're just wrecking, just wrecking cars for fun. Oh, my God, you guys. What? what? Okay, the budget for Fate of the Furious, $250 million. Oh, the I'm... box office, $1.2 billion. Wow. That's shocking. That's insane. Because they they go, they bring tanks on ice. They they have a submarine. It's very big set pieces that they're working with here. Wow. And there's a lot of people that I don't even know why they're there. I was like, "Who's this girl? She's like part of the family." But (laughs) but I didn't know to ask if you would say it again. No, that's amazing, Sean. Um, okay. Uh, have I talked about the blacklist on this show yet? Uh, I don't think so. Not okay. to my knowledge, so, but that doesn't mean you the, haven't. Uh, the blacklist is the show on Netflix that was on TV somewhere, and it's sort of like a Criminal Minds-esque thing. Anyway, the premise is that James Spader is a super ultra bad guy, and he's working with the FBI and giving them information on these bad people, which he has called, like, he has dubbed the blacklist of people. And um, he's got all these ulterior motives, and the Megan Boone plays the main character, and he's, like, very interested in her. Anyway, the show is just okay. But there are two things that I keep watching it for, and I just, like, I don't know if I can stop. It, there's seven seasons, like, 22 episodes a season, each an hour oh long. so much. It's so much, you guys. But two things. Number one, there's the subplot, and I just want to know what it is. Mm. Like, I almost am, like, going to just Google it, because I just want to know. Like, they give you five minutes an episode, and it's always so compelling. The second thing is that twice an episode, James Spader does this. I was once sailing in Bhutan, and I met a man who sold coconuts. And he gave me one, and I drank it. Sean, you're the coconut. And I will watch that as much as I can because it's it makes no sense, and it's always so. It's James Spader just like doing his thing, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they didn't even write anything for him. That sounds like, very us, silly for James. Uh, the premise of this show. Oh my god, it works so well. He just goes off on some random tangent and then tries to bring it back. And now in the show, like I'm in season two, people are being so bold to interrupt him during his smoldering points. Oh, oh my God, no. you guys. <sighs> anyway, I can only watch like two a week because it's a bit much. Mm-hmm. And like, I, you know, oh, this feels like it's the end of the season. And then I realize I'm just on episode 10. <laughs> like it's, it's really, it hurts my soul. But uh, I'm gonna keep watching it. So. I God, literally okay. can't commit to anything more. Anything that has 22 episodes per season, oh, it's done. It's so much. Unless I'm looking it's for something tight, I've already watched. <laughs> a tight miniseries. Like, mm. I started watching The Vow, which is on Crave. Um, it's about Nexium Cult. And mm. I've watched three episodes, and oh, they're, the, right. they're the slowest episodes you can possibly imagine. Oh. It And, like, they could have just been a tight 
a tight four yeah. episodes, and they're just dragging it, dragging it. Ugh, it's Get so annoying. Get straight to them branding people. Yeah, oh seriously. God. I'm Ooh. like, this is the part I want to know. I don't want to see a reenactment of a girl running in a desert to show that she's lost or whatever. Oh, no. Uh, we get it. I wanted we to watch it. that. That's sad. Yeah. Um, you guys got a couple minutes left. Does anybody else want to talk about what they've been watching? We have one minute left, really. Anything else? Mm. Uh, well, I do want to start watching Ratch- Nurse Ratchet or Same. Ratchet. Mm. I've seen I, some I, clips. I don't think it's going to. It. In fact, I'm almost sure that it's going to suck, but I, you know, I got to see it. Apparently, she's gay. Spoiler alert. So um, I have mixed feelings about that. Oh, mm. you hate gay people. Yeah, I hate the gays. Yeah. <laughs> no, so because much. it's like it, her repressed gayness as a catalyst for villainy is. That's what I. Tired. You know what? I knew that. I knew that Ryan would do something like to her to make her turn evil, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's. I don't know. I like. I think we've. We well. I have spoken about this at nauseum. And the fact that they could have just come up, like, use the same premise. Right. Just, like, like just, just don't explore make her nurse something ratchet. else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, and uh, it's way more palatable, right? Like, it's it's way more, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. We already know where it's going to go, right? Like, yeah, that's why exactly. I have no interest in, like, like at some point, we're going to arrive at the conclusion that we already know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here we are. Um, I will say, just before we leave, I'm also watching season four of The Good Place, which is now on <gasps> yeah. Netflix. And uh, that, you know, that show just keeps reinventing itself. Yeah. And uh, it's good. Oh, like Jer, it's, and get ready to cry. Wow. For real. At the oh, end. God, that's, yeah. that's, oh, for real. That's ominous. <laughs> Brace right. yourself. Oh, oh, my God. Okay. And with that, that's all the time we have. I'd like to give a shout out to the Garys for the use of our theme song, Manatuna. My co-hosts, Sonia and Sean. Happy birthday, Sonia. Everyone at CJTR and to our listeners. Spoiler alert is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 and rebroadcast Thursdays at noon. It's available as a podcast on CJTR's website or wherever else you want to, you know, podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Spoiler Alert YQR and Instagram at Spoiler Alert CJTR. My Electric is coming up next. See you next week. Bye. Bye.